Um, I'm already started. Oh, hello. Welcome. Oh, Welcome. Okay. Well, Welcome. Cheers. cheers. Salud. 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 Cheers. There what episode go. is this now, Matthew? 39. 39, Chelsea. It's exciting. Yeah. Okay, y'all. So I have been super excited to um, have you, Chelsea, on the podcast for a long time. Matthew kept asking me, so did you get that scheduled with Chelsea or not? And I'm like, yeah, I did, but she's really busy. <laughs> she's really hard to we get a hold are. of. We yeah, all yeah. Are. Well, I mean, now, every now time that we're we... vaccinated and out there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like... Or uh, now that we're recovered from ACL, yeah. then now it's fine, right? Yeah. Well, so for everybody listening, Chelsea Hernandez. I you're have... Chelsea to us, but you're Chelsea Hernandez right. to the world. So let's, yeah. you know. Let's make sure we get that proper. Your bio pulled up from pandabearfilms.com. And I started, I don't know if you can see my notepad, but I started, I thought, I'll just capture all of the highlights of Chelsea on my notepad and then I'll I'll read them off. And I was like, oh my God, I don't think they fit on one page. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna try and do it justice. But um one reason why we wanted to have you on the podcast was because one one, you're such a good friend to us, and we just always love having an excuse to have you over. But two, you are an amazing and talented um, filmmaker. And so here are some of your highlights, right? So Chelsea Hernandez is an eight-time Emmy-winning director, producer, and editor. You've worked in TV since you were nine years old, and you started hosting and producing a children's TV program with your mom, which we need to hear a little bit more about that. Um, you are a Texas native, raised in Austin, studied film at Adelphi University and Brooklyn College, came back to help your mom heal, which we want to hear more about that story too, and finished your RTF degree at UT Austin, Hook'em yeah, Horns. Hook um, and then you went on to become an associate producer and assistant editor at the PBS broadcast, Fixing the Future. And then this is where my hand got tired. And I was like, <laughs> okay, I don't need to write this. I'm just going to go. I took off and ran. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just going to go to the page itself. And I think um, something that you're really proud of that has been most recent is completing your first feature documentary, Building the American Dream. Um, premiered That's a at, big one. Yeah, premiered at South by. We were so, so proud of you to be there. You at, came for two screenings. Yeah. We came yeah. for two screenings. Yes. Yeah. My mom had to drive up from Corpus because yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she wanted to come for that. And then in um, 2019, before the pandemic hit, you were selected as one of three line hotel big medium artists in residence, which was the coolest thing. And you lived and worked at the line hotel here in Austin. And you did a student debt art exhibition and podcast, which actually that was part of a yeah, that was an inspiration for us going, hey, yeah. let, when COVID started, it was like, man, we watched that podcast uh, recording. It was cool. Let's do let's do it. You know? Yeah. So oh, y'all started after that. Yeah, we started after, after your podcast. Right. I thought you were before. Mm -hmm. No, that's so cool. Yeah, because yeah. Awesome. your line hotel residence was when? Yeah, that was twenty nine. Like. Um, I think it started in like September. It was like September it was right, through it December. Was before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh, yeah. Of and 2019. Then, and then we closed down in March. Yeah. 
So it was kind yeah. of the, one of the last things that we did before yeah. we were stuck at yeah. home in yeah. quarantine. Those are our last jam sessions, live mm. jam oh. sessions, I think. Literally, I can remember yeah. the last jam session. I have a photo of it. Well, <laughs> Is it on the wall? It actually was the day before spring break. It's right there. Oh, yeah, that's right. It yeah. was. It was. March 12th, 2020. When Steven and... Um, Jessica came yeah. over too. Yeah, 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 that's right. It was right when we were yeah. deciding, we were all sitting there going, I bet South by is going to happen. It's just going to happen for all of us. Yes. yes. And Steven had cor a Corona shirt yeah. on. Yes. And we were like, what? Corona <laughs> beer shirt. Yeah. A Corona beer shirt. Right, yeah. yeah. A Corona beer yeah. shirt, yes. That's yeah, we were right. making jokes about oh, it. That and was we went to Beer Works, Austin yeah, Beer Works. that's right. And then we didn't see that oh. place for a year. No, we didn't. Yeah. So that is... Our friend Chelsea Hernandez in a nutshell, if that's, that's yeah, pretty, pretty good size nutshell. Yeah, yeah, I think a big old nut, <laughs> a big old nut, <laughs> a big old nut. So, anyways, thank you for making time on a Tuesday night to come talk with us. And so, um, I started brainstorming some questions to ask you, and so I think. Maybe we'll get started with one of them and then see where it takes us. Yeah. Right. Sounds good. Okay. So one of the first things that I thought about um, in your kind of trajectory of where you've gone is that like your most recent documentary, Building the American Dream, was a very specific story that you wanted to tell. And so what I wonder is, one, you, maybe you want to offer a little bit more about that specific film, but how did you choose that? How did you come upon that story? And the bigger question is, how did how do you choose what it is that you want to say when you start creating films? Yeah. Um, it's so good to be here. <laughs> I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I'm like listening to your episodes. And I'm like, when am I going to get to record with yeah. them? Uh, <laughs> well, we can, so, we can do it as many times yeah, as you want. Yeah, <laughs> right. Once a week. Um, yeah, so thanks for having me. Um, it's good to be with you all. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, building the American dream came about in a very long, it, it, among a very long period of time. Um, How long did it take you to film that? I mean, it took, <laughs> that's a dishwasher? Yeah, yeah. dishwasher. Still in the kitchen. <laughs> We're Sorry in the kitchen. about that. We're yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, the, idea initially came around 2009 and I didn't start actually thinking this was a real idea until maybe 2013 so like four years later okay um so but, 2009 to 2013 it became a real idea and then yeah. four years when did you start yeah. shooting and then I started shooting in 2014 okay some really early stuff um, that I was like, I don't know, like they're giving me permission. So mm -hmm. the, the film follows, um, undocumented construction workers, um, uh, immigrants, undocumented and documented, um, immigrants in the construction workforce who face exploitation on the job. And Texas is the deadliest state for construction and nearly half of the million, um, uh, person workforce is undocumented. So, um, 
I didn't even know any of those facts until there was a scaffold collapse in 2009. And it was um, the building of a luxury student condominium while I was going to campus. So, or going to school at UT. So I was going to school, this collapse happens. And, you know, I grew up in Austin and like, I just became numb to like it booming and the skyline was changing and, you know, Frost Tower had gone up and it was becoming a new city. Um, But I was like, oh, that's just like what happens, you know, and um, but then when that accident happened and three workers died, I was like, oh, like, who is building Mm -hmm. my hometown? Mm -hmm. And then I just started. You never think about the people that are actually physically building building it. Yeah. Yeah. And like and in Texas, too, you see construction all the time. And it's just like, okay, there's construction everywhere, whatever. But then I was like, oh, like those people might die tomorrow. Like they're they're going every day to work, unsure if they're gonna return home alive. Yeah, you when know? you're building skyscrapers, you know, I mean, they're, they're high risk. You know? Yeah, yeah, and like it's hot, you know, and um, yeah, it's a really dangerous job and I like never thought about that at all. Mm-hmm. Until I'm trying to think about 2009, what was going on at that time? So were you working at, PBS already? Not yet. Okay. I, I had just moved back to Austin. Uh, well, I had been in Austin for a, a little couple bit. years. Yeah. Okay. But I was in New York going to school and then I came back and then I transferred to UT. So it was like, it was within the first year I was at UT. Okay. But I also knew like, it took me eight years to get my degree, you know, my bachelor's degree. Um, so I already knew in my last two years of my college career what I wanted to do. And so I was very specific on taking documentary classes, taking editing classes. Um, So I think probably in the back of my head, there was always a thought of like, oh, what's your what's your first film like going to be, you know, did it start while you were at UT? Did this did this? You didn't start working on a short or anything related to yeah, this you while you were the, at UT. Yeah, you had the rapper. Uh, I did. Yeah, I was making short docs. Like, yeah, but, but it part wasn't of school. The, oh, it wasn't related to building well, the American Dream yet. I or did. Was it? What I did do is there was this giant rally that happened um, where a whole bunch of unions and worker organizations got together and they built these like life size coffins and they made 145 of them for that year because that's how many people had died in construction that year. Oh, oh so wow. you, this was, they had already they made an impact. Oh yeah, they walked. Um, down Congress, they did a whole march with these coffins. And um, that year, oh, maybe that was 2011. I, like shortly after that, the New York Times, the New York Times were, was there at the rally and they took photos. Actually, Eric, um, my boyfriend, <laughs> is in the New York Times in the oh, photo. Wow. Yeah, he's up there oh. filming for my movie. <laughs> we need to find yeah. this photo. Oh, yeah, it's, it's this giant photo. Um, But the cool thing about like finding this story while in school was like I had a whole bunch of friends in dot class who just like wanted to shoot and we had equipment from school. And I was like, hey, y'all, like, would y'all be up for like filming this protest? I don't know what I'm going to use it for. (laughs) But like, did you use it in building the American dream? I used some pieces of it. Yeah, not a lot, but there's a little bit of it. And um, and then that's also I mean, it was also research too. like yeah, that's yeah. when I learned, you know, about the state and the construction workforce. But I got I gathered like five people and we all had cameras and we just like went out and just shot whatever. And I yeah. vaguely 
I'm trying to think back. Like everything is kind of a blur because one, we've been friends with you and Eric for so long. And I think we've referenced Eric in many episodes before because Matthew and Eric have made many (laughs) films together. Well, all of you guys have made many films together, but um, it was a blur. Like I'm, Remember, Chelsea, you and I were at Cisco's down on East 6. Yeah. And I think you were trying to fit, like, you were submitting your grant for building the American That's Dream. That's right. We were, it was like a rainy right day, and we had those big biscuits. Yeah. I don't know. Why I remember yeah. This. That's right. Um, I think that, yeah, like, you know, you, like what you mentioned in my bio, like, um, the PBS show, I guess I always mention that because I feel like it was such a turning point. And yeah. it was like that next step from like college to like, oh, now I'm going into the industry. You yes. Know? And it's all around you all the time. And it now. gave you yeah. some, it gave you some clout, right? Like you could say, exactly. I worked at PBS, I worked at KLRU yeah. and yeah. here's some of the work. And it was definitely, I mean, I never thought I would go like end up working for PBS, you know, at least local PBS, but like have my movie air on PBS. But like that was, I mean, that first project was, I mean, my professor was the director and she just trusted me and she just threw me in the fire and just like knew I would learn, yeah. you know, and it was the best thing ever. I mean, I learned way more than I did in film school just that one year working just by on doing film, it. Yeah. by just doing it. Yeah. And like, and having people around me to be like, oh, we trust you, you know, like, I don't know, Google, well, Google that, the text for PBS and you'll figure it out. That's such you know? a huge thing just to have other people look at you and say, yeah, you got that. You can do this. Yeah. I try like just have other people do it. You're like, oh, shit, maybe I can do that. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. It, I, mean, I didn't think so. It's but like maybe. a confidence booster, yeah. even though it's um, just pu- pushing you, mm-hmm. in, you yeah. know. So but, 2009 yeah. was the March the catalyst for it. Like what was even the start? Seems it was like it was. It seems like they were catching your eye in multiple f- forums, or <laughs> I mean, on campus. It seems like you noticed multiple instances of things happening, and it was like, whoa, you know. Yeah, I do feel like that definitely was, and then I think because it was in the back of my head, and I knew what was happening. It's like anything that would pop up, I was like, oh, it's right. still happening. It's mm-hmm. still happening, you know. Um, and and then so the New York Times article came out. I think like. 2010, 2011, and I was like, oh, someone's surely going to do this. It's now in national news. This is a great documentary oh. story. Like, someone will do something. I didn't You do just it. assumed you would be the last to the... Yeah, I totally assumed someone was going to take it away, you know. Um, so, yeah, I just started working in the industry, which probably was good because then I can understand how it worked and... Um, figure out how to write grants and like who to apply to. I remember that was the biggest thing that when we would meet up and I would ask you, how's it going? What's because it was a big transition for you to go from working for PBS. And this is for anybody, right? Who's working a steady job with benefits and all that to say, I can do this and I think I can succeed on my own. Yeah. But there's a lot of puzzle pieces you got to fit together. Well, Puzzle pieces that you wouldn't, like even necessarily be interested in if you're interested in being a filmmaker, you're probably if you're interested in being a filmmaker, you're probably not thinking about being interested in writing grants. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's but the last that's, thing. Uh, I mean, that's a building block that you can't ignore. So now you got to figure that one out, too. You know, yeah. 
Yeah, they don't teach you how to write grants no. in film school. <laughs> so did you did you hire somebody to help you with grant writing? Did you just consult with people or did you just learn it? Yeah, no, I did hire someone who I met um, through other filmmakers in town. So after also working with people, I found out like one of the best grant writers in the documentary indie world is here in Austin, Joanna Ravager. Um, and she had been following the issue actually. And so she was already passionate about the story before I came to her. So once I came to her, she was like, Whatever well, that you was need. a match made. In yeah, heaven. I mean, it was it was great. It was it was super awesome. She was um, super nice to also just be um, collaborative with me, help me figure out, you know, patient, you know, like, I don't know how to write a grant. You know, what do you need? You know, how much is this going to cost? Um, but she ended up helping me all the way, like through the end and helped me raise more money and even shape my story. You know, when did you write the first grant for it? I that was through for Austin Film Society and that was in 2014. I okay. Think. Yeah. And that was the first one you got. That was the first one. Yeah. It was a. Tiny and then after grant. that, it was a series yeah. of them, right? Yeah. It was well. It took a while. Actually, we got this tiny grant. Were from, you still working when you got the I first was. grant? Yep. I was still working okay. um, at the PBS station in Austin. I got the the awesome film society grant, which most of that had to go to my grant writer because <laughs> she did it deferred. And then I was like, okay, I got to pay you like half of it. <laughs> Lay away. Um, yeah. Dang it. <laughs> and, um, but, but at least now I had a template, yep. right? Yes. Like yep. now I can just like tweak things mm -hmm. and, um, submit to other things. So it was well, worth, worth it. It. <laughs> it was totally worth it. Um, and then I didn't get, um, a big grant until, 2015. That was the big one. That was the big that one. Okay. And that way? was what? That was Ford Foundation. Yeah. Okay. That was the yeah. Ford now Foundation yeah. one. Okay. They had heard. That was eye popping. I yeah. remember going, whoa. <laughs> that, that was like, oh, I can quit my job and work yeah. on this full time. Right. Right. Like, yeah. That was an insane. Moment. No longer a creative moonlighter. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. Like, yeah. it, I, I think I cried and I got on my knees. Like, when I got that check, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, like, yeah. This that's is awesome. insane. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So then that. Yeah, 2015 is when I got that. And I was like, all right, bye, Kayla Rio. I'm going to make my movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the good times. Which, oh, you know, like, I learned so much from working three years there. And I mean, that was like yeah, a boot camp for that's me. That's such you know? a, that, uh, yeah, just, just the idea that you put yourself in a position to be a part of filmmaking gave you all of these doors that opened. Not yeah. because... Oh, shoot. Not because uh, I almost spilled my wine. Um, <laughs> bad, not because bad. you did anything that was like on purpose. Hey, let me meet this person on purpose. Let me meet that. Person. It's just like I'm in it now. And all, all of a sudden you're pretty soon you're just you're in there and you're mixing in England. You had an idea and you happen to come across a person who shared that uh, uh, value in that idea. Yeah. And wow. Man. Yeah. OK, so I'm curious about you started. You thought about it in 2009. You started kind of writing smaller grants. And when did you decide, like, I'm going to pursue this thing. I'm going to go for it. Like, because you went from Austin Film Society grant, which you said was small, 
was it just the hop to Ford Foundation or were there little ones in between? Like, no, there there wasn't any yet. Um, but I mean, even the getting to the Awesome Film Society one, like I actually had another person on as a co-director at that time. And I found out through, you know, Austin's a small town. So mm-hmm. I knew people who were working in the field um, and had told me that, oh, this other person is thinking about making a movie too. And so we connected and we were like, oh, well, maybe we should make this movie together. Um, he ended up moving to New Zealand. Um <laughs> Like, well, not okay. Soon wow. Later, yeah. and and he was pretty busy too. And I was like, "Well, are you okay if I kind of just like run with this, you know?" And um, I mean, I'd love to continue having a relationship and and chatting more about this. And he was like, "Oh yeah, like do it. Like I'm I'm all for it. Like just go go ahead." Um, so that was kind of cool, you know, because um, I'm I wasn't sure how sticky it would be and how passionate people are or how tied people are to mm-hmm. like their passions, you know. But um, it just had worked out. And he also like helped me figure out the story a little bit, too. And we could brainstorm a little at the top. But um, yeah, we got the Awesome Film Society grant. And then um, it was kind of like quiet for a mm. little bit and i was like i don't know what i'm doing well, were you, you doing know? any work in between did you continue to film or I did would, you not yeah okay. i was but i still like i didn't know what the story was this is yeah. after you, you know? had uh, quit at pbs already i was still at pbs oh you were still there i okay. was still there okay yeah at what point did you start to feel like you kind of knew where the the movie was maybe going to go because it seems like that's the hardest part about documentaries. You you didn't get to write it. Yeah. So yeah. What I don't think I knew where the film was going until like twenty end of twenty fifteen. Till people going make into you tell where until it's supposed I got to go. major funding. Yeah. And was yeah. that a matter of how much footage you had to look at? No, or? it was. Um, I met the Granillo family. And ah, so they're, they're of, in the movie. They're in the movie. Mm-hmm. They lost their son to heat stroke on the job. And it was meeting them. Like I met them a couple How'd months you after meet they them? lost um, at a rally. Oh. I, so I, I also had gotten some advice from a filmmaker who uh, in the very beginning when I, uh, once I won the awesome film society grant, I was like kind of seeking advice from local filmmakers. And one said, um, I had told him actually, like, I don't know where this story is going. I got I have money. Like, so I have some yeah, money to do it. Like but. I have a little bit of money. I want to do something. You know, I have a full-time job. I don't know how to balance this, but like I know what the issue is, you know. Um, but I don't know where to go from there. Y- you knew what the big picture problem yeah, is. You yeah, just uh, yeah, I, okay. Yeah. Um, and he was like, just shoot everything. Just shoot everything, mm, no matter oh, what. Shit. And I will say that's probably not the best oh. advice. Like now I look back and I'm like, man, I should have shot everything. But it, you know, it ended up working out yeah. because I did go to this rally. I had no idea what they were doing. It was in Dallas, um, oh, and yes. I met the family there, and I was like, holy shit! Just like, walking, like no, they what? attended the rally and they were speaking, and I was oh. like, oh my god, you because their son had passed. They already? had just lost their son, like two months before Mm -hmm. and they were out there rallying for a rest break law in dallas yes um and the dad was there and i think the daughter was there too she's like his 11 year old daughter um and yeah and i was like well this is a this is a family that's going through something like i could capture what's happening now because that was the problem i think i was having was like 
I was filming everyone reliving their experiences, like saying their stories of the past. And I had nothing that was like current, like nothing to follow in the moment. And, you know, with documentaries, you want to be in the moment of something and follow Mm -hmm. that. So like you see the beginning and you see the end and that victory and it pays off. Um, I didn't want to just have all these little mini stories where people are just like reflecting on what happened in the past. Right. That's that's got to be so hard. Yeah. And then that's really hard, too, because it's like, well, I also don't want to prey on people who right. like yeah, just you lost had to, their Because then you had to reach you know? out to them and wow, say, that's tough hey, yeah. I want to make you a subject. Like, how do you say that? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I met. I want to tell your story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I met. I mean, that, no, that's a big issue now, too, in document, like, the, we shouldn't be calling them subjects now, right? Oh. Like it sounds so like scientific. Well, it, well, it does. It know? sounds like you're like putting them under a microscope, ex- which you kind of are. Yeah, but. I mean, we've been saying that for so yeah, long, but it yeah. really is like, oh, wait, they're not. I, I like to use participant <laughs> because they're like, they're participating in something yeah. with me. Well, and, then and it's their story. Like, Yeah, you're offering them a platform yeah. to get a message out yep. that they might want to impact more people than just the people they could see when they're face to face at a rally yeah. or at a protest. Well, and or how, how difficult is it to, you kind of have an idea of the big picture problem, but then you start, you don't know where their story is going to take you. Right. So when you start to see things, what, like if you, I don't know if this happened to you or not, but like if you ran down the rabbit hole of following this these people. And then you start to see some things that maybe you're like, oh, I didn't know that. And that's not exactly along the message that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. Now what? You know, it's like, what do I just show it? Because they're not going to want to maybe see that. Do I yeah. show it? Do I not show it? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah, it. I, I did learn a lot from this project. Like, uh, I learned a lot of mistakes, <laughs> like learned from my mistakes and like, you know, because it is because it is like also most people don't know like where you're going to take the film. Yeah. Right. Like so I'm and I didn't know. Honestly, I had no idea I was going to take this film to South by Southwest or it'd be on right. PBS. Like I was hoping maybe for PBS, but that was a huge if, you mm-hmm. know, like I was nobody like we'll yeah. see what happens. But. So you have these big goals in the back of your head a little bit, but they're also a little suppressed because you don't want to like get ahead of yourself and you still need to make a story. Um, so it's like, I I think when I approached them, I was like, hey, I'm making this movie. I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, I mean, got to be great. honest, yeah. right? And, and I was like, but, you know, you're, I'm, I'm following what the organization is doing and your story is really impactful. And they were like super grateful because they did know the power of the camera. Mm -hmm. Um, They had been on the news. Um, That's actually how they found the workers defense project. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for them, it was, they were in this for, for their, for their um, son. You know, they didn't want him to die in vain. They wanted to share this story. They wanted to help workers out. And this was a way for them to do it. So um, and but, it impacted. I mean, it sure, did change things because yeah. as a result of the film, what happened in Dallas, like they changed the yeah. city. They ended up getting a rest break ordinance. Yes. Yeah. You know, and and the organization well, that's had amazing. tried. Yeah. I mean, the organization <laughs> had tried before. Mind boggling. Yeah. And it wasn't I think really it was this family who stood up and like went in front of the city council and was like, my son is dead. Like, 
you need to change this. You need to protect others, you know, but, um, man, and I'm such yeah. a, I like, and when I see that, cause you know, my mom's very big into staying involved and believing that she can change something. Yeah. And I've got such the worst attitude. I'm like, you ain't gonna ever change that. Just learn to live with it. That's my attitude about everything. It's just such a, it's not a great way to be. And I'm, yeah. the more that I see stuff where it actually I'm wrong about that. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, well, maybe not. we did talk yeah. about this for a pause on like to, to go to that point. If you think about we were born in 1980, like we were raised of the era of deal with it. It's going to be the way it is. You can't worry change about it, yourself. Figure it yeah. out kind of thing. But, yeah. don't, you know, don't our, involve yourself in other people's business yeah, kind right. of attitude. Right. Our parents exactly. were of the age of protest and change. And um, if you don't you like know, something, get out there and do something. Go about out it. there. You know, yeah. they were hippies. They were like, that was the era they lived in. And now you look at younger generations where when I talk to my next door neighbor's children, she's 16 and he's 19. Her first question was, how can I change the world? Like when I talk yeah. to her, she's like, how can yeah. I change the world? And I'm thinking in my mind, Kiddo, you can't you need change to think the smaller. world. Yeah. Think smaller. <laughs> you can't I change the world. I like skips generations, yeah, right? Yeah. Apparently we were. It, it, it yeah, we, yeah. It, it, we, be, we both were like, because we're Why like, is she asking that question? You need to yeah, worry about yourself. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that, but yeah. you obviously can because yeah. your movie is an example of it. Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. That is and that that was a big eye opener after watching yeah. it. And then we also, cried at some. Right, I right, will tell right. you that Matthew. And it and I wasn't both, just because we were so happy for you. It was like oh, Well, we shit, were, but this yeah. does make yeah. well, we were like, even your dad came up to me too, right? And uh -huh. like talked about it because it's like out there it I think I mean, that was my intention with the film, too, is like to open people's eyes up. Right. So like no matter what side of the aisle you are on, like this can this yeah. industry affects you. Yeah. Like we all live in a home. We work somewhere like where we walk, where we drive. It's all built by yeah. someone's hands, yep. you know, and I it that has been a cool thing. Like um, my producers, like husband's family was is like pretty conservative and they all came to see the film and I was like really mm -hmm. like worried about it and they all loved it and they all talked about it and it was like that that's what the film was meant to do it's yeah. just like talk about how this is um the lack of regulation is like affecting you know people and just families you know we we all families you know and we we're all human beings and stuff and people were were getting that and then you know feeling power empowered by like changing laws. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like the cool part about all of that too, is just kind of to circle back to one thing. I'd had a couple of questions, but this kind of ties in with one of them in the sense that when you talk about like trying to learn how to do something, you know, whether you know, like I'm doing that little film class with the kids and then and I'm, and I'm having a hard time some days. I mean, they're doing a great job, but Matthew's I'm teaching a, a film class yeah. to seventh grade, to seventh graders. So right. Awesome. And they're, yeah. But, but, you know, I'm seeing them run into the same, you know, the same problems that anybody runs into when they go to try to do something like that. And and uh, having the right thing to say to them, not be a rule like here, the rules of filmmaking mm -hmm. are mm -hmm. the principles of the. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it, you know, so and what I've kind of noticed is, is it seems like the people who excel at this or, or or make something of it is are the ones that they do abide by some rules of filmmaking they had to learn some skill mm -hmm. and the skill required to learn to follow some rule mm -hmm. but those skills it seems like should only be held 
in high regard if they are supporting the creative instinct that you had in the first place. Mm -hmm. If they if they become the end all be all, then you lose the whole creative piece anyway and it doesn't matter. Yeah. So it seems like with this, like you you got out there, you were working, you met some people, you had an idea, that idea was just a little seedling and it's starting to move and get bigger. And by the time you were ready to shoot it, which maybe that's why it took so long, but it, it took you that long to get the skill that you decided you were ready to do it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, she yeah. had the fundamentals. I mean, to be fair, she had already been trained like you had already gone to school. No, and but, I did, your but I mean, but like I the grant writing stuff. Yeah. And, all of that. and, I, and like, I still didn't know what the story was. Right, you know, right. like I, I it was still, yeah, just a seed. And it right. was like. I don't know where this is going. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and yeah. Granted, I mean, obviously, you, having been in films, you knew what to do with a camera and what to do with the equipment. But yeah. as far as all those other little pieces that come into play with having to make a movie of that, you know, size. Yeah, yeah. You, you just you gave me learn an idea. You learned that along. You were almost building the plane while you were flying it. Pretty oh, much, you oh, know? yes. So, that is that is the best metaphor <laughs> in making your first documentary. Uh, like, yeah, totally that, and like. And and then when you start getting fun, and you mentioned this a little bit, too, of like, oh, when do you find your story when yeah. I have to apply to more grants or I get more funding? Because that's the thing, too, is like then I started getting more funding and then getting industry funding like um, Tribeca Film Institute, um, um, the Bay Area Video Coalition in San Francisco, like actual film programs now were like giving me money. And with that comes mentors mm -hmm. and like labs and you have a cohort, you know? And so I'm going like kind of back into film school. Um, it's a little bit more like intimate than um, undergrad film school. Was this the point where you felt like when it rains, it starts to pour kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I felt like for years you were so busy. Yeah. And we were like, yeah. where in the world is Chelsea Hernandez? <laughs> drive on I-35 driving yeah. to Dallas. Yeah. Where is <laughs> she day. this weekend? Um, yeah. No, I mean, the biggest thing too, I mean, when you get more funding, you always have that one, that first funder is so important. Okay. And so having Ford Foundation was like, oh, credibility. Mm. And now everyone else was like, oh, Ford's funding her. Yeah. So that means she's she's worth it, you know, or isn't that or sort of the simile for the whole way the whole world works? Everybody's like, then nobody wants to be first. Yeah. If yeah. Once somebody yeah. reputable is first. We're and, OK. <laughs> and, and like I, I have to give Austin Film Society credit. Like they, they were did, first. They yeah. were first. Right. Um, but when I'm going nationwide, big, that's big, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and, you know, making a film in Texas is not, you know, we're not L.A. Right. We're not New York. So we have as to much go as outside. Austin wants to tout that. Yeah, exactly. Not. I know. Like we always say we're the third coast. I'm like, no, we're no, not. No, we're not no. there yet. Sorry. It's fun to be here. But it's not. Yeah, it's definitely fun to be here. Um, but uh, yeah, it was like I. That was that was huge. That was the moment where it's like, okay, now someone major believes in me, and now others can see that also. And then, yeah, it was, it, it very much was like a waterfall, like yeah. effect after that. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, that that's just that's incredible. Which I'm like, for for Ford, like what they do, and this is not like an advertisement for Ford Foundation, yeah. but you know, I mean, like I hadn't made, I mean. A short film. Well, I had worked at PBS. I had directed some TV shows. I had 
um, edited. So I did have experience. So it's not like they just threw money at like a novice. But I like, I don't even think I had met anyone like in person from Ford when I got the money. Right. You know, oh, like wow. I didn't even go to Ford Foundation, like their office, like in New York City until like years later. You know what I mean? So, For that like, one, did you end up serving as the grant writer because you kind of had the template from before? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And actually that was like one of the easiest grants really? I applied for. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, now they have a whole system, uh, but before it was like, they, they just wanted to see, you know, a basic treatment. So I, I sent them my treatment I had, but like some footage and like who I was and they were like on board. And, um, it, it really was though, like, it really was perfect timing yeah. because they were also working on another arm about work, the future of work. Oh, And so they were interested in anything about the workforce. And so they, I think they knew that like, oh, this is part of our, um, our mission, you know, to like help, help with stories like this. So, well, that's, yeah. a, that brings you to another question too, was, you know, that's something else that I always hear when you talk about making movies is, you know, some people will go, well, have you thought about who's going to be your audience and who's going to buy that and who's going to do this and who's going to do it? It doesn't sound, I mean, you can tell me I'm wrong, but it doesn't sound like that was the big thing in your mind when you were, think this seed turned into a movie. Idea. Yeah, no, not at all. I mean, when I got Ford Foundation funding too, I was like, oh, like, okay, well, someone believes in like, the the issue that I'm making a story about. And that was my only thing. But then to get film funding, like funding from film industry organizations, it's like um, you can't be advocacy. You can't, you know, like, oh. like Tribeca, for instance, I tried like five times to get that grant. I mm. finally got it on the fifth time. But... Um, a lot of my feedback really early on was like, oh, your film's too advocacy oriented. What, what does that mean exactly? It's like I'm trying to push like oh. some sort of agenda with uh, almost like okay. you're a lobbyist. Okay. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. I see. Okay. But you know what? The My early, early footage was just all protest footage. Okay. Like, you know. So you're hearing had, people who do have an agenda, yeah, obviously. Exactly. But yeah. And so like really it was like when I met the Granillo family, it was like, oh, here we can get into – um, this story of this family. Without it being, With, let me just protest all exactly. the whole two hours or whatever. Exactly. So that yeah. actually leads me to kind of two questions that are related, right? So one is about kind of the ethics of creativity. Yeah. So how do you ensure when you're telling a story, right? Is you have a, we have a specific context here, building the American dream is a specific one, but how do you ensure that you're telling an, a story does it have to be unbiased if it's a documentary film? Are you supposed to offer both sides of the perspective? I think that's like that's the, the goal, first, right? The first part is like the ethics of that. And then the second is the importance of impact. So like when you tell that story, do you when you set out after having done all that, do you feel like every story that you would want to pursue in the future has to have an impact like mm -hmm. the way you had? Oh, you man. changed law oh, shit. That's in a, what you that's just did. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and I hope 
it's used to, I mean, they're talking about federal laws to protect workers from the heat right now. And I'm yeah. like, how do I show this movie on the Hill? Like, yeah. can we go to DC and you show will be. everyone? I mean, so, yeah. Well, he, I mean, yeah, Senator Castro, like he saw the film and went to a Q&A when it was on PBS. And um, that was that was really cool because he, you know, has been representing Texas for like over Huge, 10 years yeah. and he had never like heard of some of these issues mm. that were in the film. Like Incredible it was how eye opening to mm. him. It's like, you know, as small as we think well, the world is, sometimes it's so big that you're like, you, you didn't even get introduced yeah, to that. You yeah, know? exactly. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so hopefully we can still make change, but, um, yeah, I mean the, this is a big question happening in the documentary world right now is um, objectivity uh, and whether um, we need to make a, a, whether the purpose of a documentary is supposed to be um, unbiased. Traditionally, know? is there a, what's the perspective on it? I think traditionally it's always been, yeah, you got to show both, both sides, sides, you know, in okay. a very like journalistic okay. manner. Um, but I feel like, I mean, they say we're in the like golden age of documentaries. I don't, I don't I mean, buy that. There's a lot, there's a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of, doc yeah, there's, I mean, it's, it's mainly because these major streamers are like yeah. buying up documentaries. Or Some of their best stuff their is own. documentaries. It's not their movies yeah. or their features. Yeah. I mean, you know, sorry. yeah, people are going to the theater to watch documentaries mm -hmm. and that hadn't happened um, in such a mass scale, you know, before. But I think it's because people are doing also a lot of like personal documentaries, you know, that kind of like POV, you know, Bo first Burnham person. Style type. Yeah, 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 which are really great. But um, um, yeah, I have some thoughts on that. But <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> no, they, they're really great. But then it makes you think like, oh, well, now we're we are only getting this one point of view, sure. you know, and it's great to see that point of view because it makes you think about a particular issue in a different way um and i mean with documentaries like you want to it's just natural for the audience to connect with a human being right like when even when we watch fiction we're following characters we're getting to know these characters they're yeah uh, and that, that's definitely biased and, yeah, yeah yeah and so like if we like that's how we connect and we want to continue watching, you know, movies and stuff because we're connected to the character. And so it's like Road to Livingston. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, your other y'all's other documentary yeah, film, right? It's the same with like any documentary, right? Like you want to you want to get to know the person that you're watching. So you continue watching for the next hour and a half, well, and, you know, and it seems like, yeah, it also is a, a di there's some different types of. Uh, thoughts and feelings about, I mean, obviously this wouldn't be a thing, an issue, this objectivity thing, but it seems like some people, when they see something unbiased, they're like, oh, awesome. There's something in my world that I can call unbiased. And they just, that alone is enough for them to say, this is a great movie. Even if they maybe didn't even connect with the subject matter or whatever, it's just like that was unbiased. But on the other hand, if you want to connect with it, yeah, following a, a personal story, even if it is just that personal journey. Yeah. That's well, another... and as you went along, you probably took a stronger stance. One, like, did your stance in this instance, like, go veer to a very specific direction from where you started? And then did you have to battle that as the filmmaker to say, man, That's I'm tough, really yeah. going in this direction because this is what I see. I know I believe, but when like, watching it can happen. I not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, tell it that 
strong, you know that? Yeah, I mean, I went into I went into this movie because of an issue, right? Right. So that it put to a political issue, right? And so there's going to be both sides, no matter yeah. what. But I, um, you know, I have a little bit of journalism in my background, so. I did want to make sure I was showing both sides. Okay. And, and I wanted both sides to watch this movie. I sure. wanted everyone to watch it, no matter which party you were in. That's you an know? interesting point. Like, I mean, because it's the economy, ultimately. Yeah. You know? Um, but and yeah. humanity, too. In humanity. So it, and yeah. I do think that if you would have leaned super hard one way or the other, you would have said you would have got you some people lost who wouldn't have given, yes. given a chance. Yeah. yeah. And, and that was the thing, too, is like, I didn't want to preach to the choir either. Yeah. Right. You know, like, yeah, in order to make change, you have to reach those people that you're not reaching. Yeah. Them. Yeah. You're trying Previously, to reach the people who aren't thinking know? about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so um, so I knew I wanted to tell but like I wanted to show the workers and the families and what they were dealing with. But I also wanted to show the the businessmen, like the the owners, you know, of these construction companies. And to be honest, like we reached out to a lot of people and we would connect with them and they would sound, oh, cool. And I would tell them what the film was about. And, and then, then we wouldn't hear from them at all. Mm. I would tell them I'm following immigrant construction workers. And then it would just like would shut they, down. Because were they afraid they were going to get like sued exposed. or yelled <laughs> I or whatever? Have no idea. Yeah, mm. I have no idea. I mean, maybe, you know, um, I it it is an issue where well so ultimately like I did find one business person who was very vocal about the industry he was a a Republican probably still is a Republican um, and he was very aware that his industry relies on immigrant labor sure um, and he does a lot of things though to help um, you know get immigrant citizenship um, but. Uh, so he's just a very vocal person and he was willing to talk to me. So I ended up, he was in the, in the film. Um, so I felt like then I was like, well, I don't know. This is a very unique person. And is it true to like the entire, you know, um, one side of the aisle, you know? And, um, I was struggling with like, how much more do I need to show of the other side? And I had a mentor who was like, we always hear about the other side. We don't mm. hear about the families. Like, this is your chance to show this that's, point of view. In this and case, that's a true statement. Exactly. And she was like, and they're suffering. Like, show it. You know, like, that's why you asked them to be a part of it. anyway. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that was eye opening to me because I was like, you're right. Like, why is it my response? Like, one, I'm not CNN. I'm not a new source. I am an individual. I do have a perspective and people are going to watch this from my perspective yeah. also. Yeah. And so this is what I want to show. That was the whole purpose of this film. Like I came into it thinking about the people, these workers, not the bosses. I was thinking about the workers and wanted to show that. And that was when I was like, okay, I've got enough of this business guy. Um, and I end up, I bring in like news media and stuff showcasing like, you know, I, there is a little bit of politics in there um, because it has to do with the laws that they're trying to um, overcome, you know. Um, and 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 then ultimately, too, I was like, so the, the Granillo family go to the Dallas City Hall. The mayor is a Republican. Um, 
And there were some other like conservative members up on the city hall. And I'm the only media per. It's open for the public. The media can be there. I'm there with my camera in the very back. They can all see me, all the city council people. And the family's there. And so they're talking about this law. And they talk about the Granillo family, how they lost their son. And there are these, um, these conservative city council people who are saying some like crazy stuff. With them, that like they are with fighting against there? us with the family sitting there, and and it's out in the public. It's being recorded by the government, and I'm there recording. It. I'm not hiding or anything. And I'm like, okay, like I don't need to show their viewpoint. They have it's here. Yeah. I just captured it. Like this is, and they obviously don't. Yeah, they already know that it's out. Th- yeah, like they're it's out, yeah, it's out it, there that's for probably the what they campaign on, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like okay, well, yeah, so. well, and that's the problem with, with with all of that too is that it it's hard once you've said you think something is the right way to do it. It's is you know especially in that position, man, that pride is tough to swallow if you find that there's an opposite opinion that might be correct as well you know it's really hard and then so you end up seeing a lot of stuff like what you just said where they're right there in front of the people who are suffering from it gonna say out loud yeah that you know it's it's just mind-boggling but yeah i I think you're right i don't i don't that that side's it's been heard yeah it's been and yeah and then i was like you know i'm i'm just really gonna focus on these families and let their story be told yeah. and follow that and see where it leads us. And, you know, in film, you have rough cut sessions and you show things to your cohort and get advice and stuff. And and ultimately, everyone was just like, uh, we we had this that business person, you know, in the film. We I had a lot of him. We cut a lot out because it was like, no, like we want to follow yeah. these families and what yeah. they're going through. Yeah. And their their struggle and their victory was like the best, you know, and it is what ends up bringing the emotions out for people. Right. I was just going to say it's still the yeah. same. That, that seems like that's an old rule that that is a rule for a reason is like. Yeah. All the emotion of it. I, yeah. I mean, if you're going to show it, people are going to be more drawn yeah. to that. And honestly, too, it's like, I mean, the issue I took with this film is a very big issue. I mean, there are just like so many layers that I couldn't end up telling. And it was like, you know, I can't explain everything through this. But what I can do is just spark a conversation. So if even if I'm not explaining something, but that seed is planted in the film, hopefully people will talk about it and then can lead them to, you know, further discussing it with their council, you know, city council or whatever. But um, yeah, it was just then like when that person told me that, I don't even remember who told me that. I was like, yeah, let me focus on the families. Like, so I guess that's where you chose your, where you were going to have the most impact. Yeah. You know, like where your film, I guess. So then whenever you were thinking about what direction to go with it, that's where you land on impact. Yeah. Yeah. And so do you think that as you continue to make movies, does every movie need to have an impact like that? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's, that's a really big question. Yeah. Like I, I'm making another documentary now and we're in production and, you know, we're applying to grants. Um, 
And now it's like rinse and repeat. Yeah. It's like, let's oh, totally. do this all but over it's, again. It's fun now because I'm like, oh, now I know what to do. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I've learned my lessons. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like now in doing this one, it's because this new film is so fast. Um, the story is just like running and we have to like chase it. Um we're filling out these grants and now all these grant applications have like, oh, what's your impact plan? Mm. Oh. And it's and it's frustrating because I'm like, I that don't know. questions on there? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Like, what's the impact What you're plan? asking. Yeah. Well, so like there's. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I didn't know it had a term. <laughs> yeah. No, this is kind of like fairly new. Like there's an impact producer. Like so Annie Mercedes, yes, you yes, met Annie. Um, uh-huh. at South it's by Southwest. Uh-huh. I had an impact producer for my film. Which thank God there's producers who just do impact because uh, look, I'm I could have been your impact producer. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I think might be a smart question. Yeah, I could see you go into that field. (laughs) Pays really well. I'm gonna put that as my new uh (laughs) on I'm gonna make my Griffin Co. Productions impact producer. Yeah, impact producer. Yeah. Um nice. I got it's it's like it's a whole new field because it's like, look, I I'm a filmmaker. Um, I I can be an activist, but I'm not um, an organizer at all, right? I do not know how to organize. Like, uh, he, here's a film. You can take it and go do whatever you want with it, you know? But, like, for impact, you have to be thinking about, like, how is this film going to actually make that impact? Like, we need to put it in the hands of the right people so they can help like use it as a tool for mm-hmm, their work. Mm-hmm. So right? you, so in an impact plan, I'm just trying to understand what yeah. this is. So in an impact plan, do you have to say like, we anticipate this creating rallies? This it's, like, It almost like, seems I, I, like- Like community screenings. We're going to have 50 community screenings in the Southern region where- the fatality rate for construction workers is the highest oh. in the country. And so right? it's educational. So it's educational. So you're like, yeah, it's also, I'm going to yeah. impact yeah. The, at these 50 screenings at least 100 people. So I have at least yeah. 5,000 people. We'll I partner have now with work impacted. organizations, labor organizations, oh. immigrant organizations, and they can have panels, you know, to speak about what's happening locally or regionally. Do they want yeah. your impact to be beyond education? Do they always want your impact to be to action to change? Um that's a good question. But I I don't know because I mean cuz I don't know what the grantee like well, I never almost- have them say oh this is perfect paragraph or perfect response to our question like it's it's a hard Cuz you thing didn't have that when you were doing building the American dream. Yeah, well so to, okay, to be real honest. Wow, this is so yeah. <laughs> eye-opening to me. It, it, I, I mean, you asked the question. I know that, but I didn't <laughs> know that it was like a thing. I didn't know you had to have a plan for it. I didn't either. I just was philosophically, oh, I was just wondering Ileana, about it. My friend Ileana Sosa, she yeah. is, um, she's an impact producer. She, does, she did impact for the Dolores movie about Dolores Huerta. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's just, it's just a way of thinking, like, how can my film wow. be put into the hands of people who can make change? Okay. Right? So it's like. So it does want to affect change. Yeah, I, the I mean, end result is change. Yeah. I mean. 
Nisar, it seems like. It depends. Like, it depends. Like, it depends what kind of movie you're making, right? Like, like if, if I want to make a movie about a bad dream that I had, you know, like <laughs> I can. No, no, time out, time out. Just let me finish. <laughs> I think the difference is a lot of movies, you know, let's say, you know, in a perfect world, you make a movie. If you're the filmmaker, you make a movie. Maybe it changes you if you're lucky. But in a really, really perfect world, it changes other people. Yeah, yeah. That seems like it'd be the impact yeah. plan, right? Yeah. That, that that's it. That's it. So, yeah. do you guys think that every movie should have to have an impact? No, plan? I'm, I don't think it has no, to. Yeah. Absolutely not. Or not even a plan. We didn't know a plan. I didn't even know a plan existed. <laughs> do you think every movie? should have to have an impact. No. I wish Eric was sitting here with us right now because I would like to know his perspective. <laughs> and he is, but he just won't talk on the microphone. Called just for the record. Uh, yeah, out. we called him out. We called He's him here. Out. I wanted him to be a part of this, whether he wanted to or not. Well, so I guess the, the, the question I'm interested in is, and, that's, and it sounds like you don't have the feeling that every movie needs to impact, have this impact. And I don't either. I agree with you. Yeah. But do, do you feel any like pressure at all? Because this one did mm -hmm. have such an impact. Do you feel any pressure to be like That's the next question. one needs to have some? I mean, I'm still working on the impact with my film, Building the American Dream. Yeah. Like, like and you'll probably you be that, able to for a long time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, you can have like 10 year plans, you know, because... I mean, you 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 watch old documentaries, you yeah, know, absolutely, and you, yeah. Like, think of like, oh shit, like that is really timely well, now. Yeah, yep. they're evergreen. They're, it, it, you know, and you that's compare the whole point. it to you where make you are now. Film. You know, yeah. you look at something from the '60s, and I go, sometimes I look at stuff, and it's scary yeah. how far we haven't come. Yeah. And I look yeah. at, I'm like, damn, I feel like I feel that way now. Yeah. Am I in the present day '60s? Like, I mean, the Spike Lee movie. Um, uh, uh, do the right thing. Yeah, do the yeah. right thing. We watched that like last yeah. year during the pandemic, and I was like, "Works." Oh, I was, oh, during the summer of 2020, and I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, yeah, this is this is 2020, mm -hmm. but this was made like years ago." Are you so, able to screen your movie now that you've done South by? Are you able to screen it at the big festival still? No, no, they like, don't let you do that. No, Why? Because they want like premieres. Mm, they sure. want world premieres. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But yeah, I, I mean, to your question of like, should every documentary have an impact plan? I don't think so. And I, you know, it's 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 a it's a tricky question to be in a grant application. And we're in a very unique time right now as like just, you know, the the world is changing and, you know, thinking about the younger generation speaking out to mm -hmm. want it you know, make change. It's like, um, yeah, like should, like I told you, like, I'm not an organizer. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I want to make a film to definitely help change hearts and minds, but like, I don't want to spend the work <laughs> like going to these community screenings and organize. Like yeah. it's a lot of work and it's also relationships that I don't have, you know, and yeah. an impact producer like has them, but also. So did your impact producer go to all those screenings? No, she didn't, but she connected. Like she definitely made the, the strategy, oh, you wow. know, and connect it made had it's like your strategy person. It's de it's definitely strategy. Strategic yeah. vision yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Okay. But also Which again is is one of those things that I would think is a little tricky because of the way that the last one, the way building the American dream was spawned, it wasn't ever spawned with all those conversations as a forethought. 
those things came as they were needed. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I'm just, I'm wondering, and I, maybe you're going to find this out with this new one is, does it need to be a forethought? Does it make it any easier to have it a forethought or is, are you going to run into other, this different, it's like, I figured out these stumbling blocks. Now I'm running into those stumbling blocks. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I think you'll always hit blocks, you yeah. know, and learn along the way. I mean, that's probably why I like documentary because no, it's a constant learning it's a new process. Thing every time. Yeah. Exactly. You have to be a listener. Like oh, totally. everything is yeah. like where what is the story like telling me that that it where does it want to go to be yeah. elevated where does it go? yeah where does this want to go yeah. and like I have an opportunity to elevate something yeah but what the heck is it? yeah you know yeah. yeah I mean I filmed so much with this thinking it was gonna go this route and like no it didn't yeah go that well way at all. so and I and I don't want to like unless there's other questions you had about that I had one other thing because we've been going I wanted to ask I know you're doing something else right now that's not a documentary right yeah you're doing a narrative you're writing yeah. a narrative yeah, yeah she's been going on a lot of writing retreats yeah, yeah. yeah. that <laughs> we've been wondering where like, these retreats yeah. are because we want to go in a couple weeks yeah yeah. yeah. They always sound so fun. And yeah. we're like, where is she? And oh where can we join I just her? I make yeah. fiction now. Yeah. yeah. And it's fiction. It's so, so, so what's, what's the, retreats. and I know, yeah. I know the and story. And you're going on a retreat too. I sure am. Inspired you, I bet. <laughs> Apparently, I'm the only one not going on a retreat. I, yeah. Hey, I need to know what your impact plans are, oh, people. Yeah. yeah. Denise is going to go on an impact <laughs> retreat. Yeah. Yeah. With Annie. Yeah. That's great. Well, so what is it? So, so what, uh, and you don't have to give us, if you know, there's parts of it you don't want to talk about, that's okay. But how did it, what happened? How did you decide, all right, I'm going to go for a, a yeah, narrative, narrative. This, this time around? Yeah. Um, well, I, I mentioned her earlier, um, Ileana Sosa, who, um, she was a producer on my film, Building the American Dream. And, um, she, um, it was her idea actually. And she, she saw this film back at South by years ago called, um, collective unconscious. And it was, um, I think it was like five or six filmmakers who wrote about a dream, I guess. And then they traded those dreams with the other directors and the directors had to direct that oh, dream. Oh, cool. Yeah. And like whatever way they wanted to. Interpreted the dream yeah. that was yeah. written. Exactly. Oh, I love that. Oh, so it was wow. like an omnibus film with like five or six um, um, short stories of the dreams, but then they were all connected through this like, I want to say a dream therapist or something. Like the, someone comes in, like they're in a studio in between each one and they talk to like the director, but it's done. That was in, like, the crossover kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that was kind of like how they all were connected. Whoa, cool. And so she saw it and she was just like, oh, like, I wonder how this would be if it was like five Latinas, like who did it? Like what the Latina like story <laughs> would be in this format, you know? And um, and then it was that year too, like I, I think I had gotten to know her more. We were hanging out. Um, I, I met Sharon too, Sharon yeah. Arteaga. Corpus. Um, yeah, Corpus. <laughs> She's from Corpus. Corpitos. <laughs> um, and then I met Lizette Barrera, who's from um, the Dallas area. And then um, – and then I didn't meet Jasmine, Sam? Jasmine Diaz. Oh, okay. Um, she's in, she's from Fort Worth, but I met her during my Building the American Dream screening at South by Southwest. Um, so yeah, it, I mean, it was back in, in 2019. We, like Ileana actually just like approached us and I was like, yeah, hell yeah. Like I'm, I'm in. 
like um I haven't done fiction, but if you're okay with that, um so are was, you gonna call it this? What are you gonna call it? I don't know or, yet. Right okay, now, it's the yet. untitled Texas Latina Project. Hey, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but yeah, so it's us five, and we um, we're all Latinas who were born in Texas. We live in Texas. We're working in Texas, and we're all like filmmakers. And so we also were like. You know, when you see the Latina experience in Hollywood, it's always told from the L.A. lens. Yeah. So there's like Vida. Um, Private, very um, different or, you know, or a different. Yeah. Version. Hentified, you know, like with America Ferrera. Like it's all. Oh, yeah. It's all L.A. Like it's a very L.A. Yeah. Um, Which is a story. It's a story it's in and of itself. Baja. Oh, sure. And it's Baja. And it's Baja. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. a different, whole different, different part. Yeah, right. Oh, totally. Sure. Yeah. 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 So um, Texas is. Yeah, you know, Texas is very it's different. different but, yeah. Even Dallas versus Corpus. Oh, but like so, you're telling uh, totally. two completely different no, stories. No offense, Jasmine was that, but like, <laughs> yeah, the Dallas North Texas is a whole nother. It's a country. whole different Damn country. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and that was the thing too is we were all like, so we're basing our stories in the places we grew up in. And right. Mine will. I was born in San Antonio, but my city is going to be San Antonio, even though I was raised in Austin. But. Um, so so yeah, you'll be writing you'll be writing areas. a story that takes place in San Antonio, yeah. and everybody's writing a story that takes yeah. place in okay, like yeah. Um, yeah. we have El Paso, uh, Fort Worth, Louisville, which is like a suburb of Dallas, and then Corpus. And will there and there will be some crossover that is between great, those somewhere? That is why we're having a retreat. That's Matt. the retreat <laughs> part. I get it. I get it. I get it. Probably lots of wine and <laughs> yes, good lots of stuff. And mezcal. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's when the yeah. ideas tequila. start to pop. Yeah, or tequila. Something. Yeah. You know. But I mean, you. I think you had talked about this um, earlier too. Of just like, um, or you, we we talked about this actually before recording of like the um what did you say the tandem yeah oh, tandem. yeah That's like, right. the power like, of the power of tandems yeah. like i thought i think a, yeah. a lot when i think about people that work well together honestly i think first of you and eric mm-hmm. and i think about how you guys might not even realize that when you're together there's so many unspoken uh, like un- uh, there's so much mi- micro expressions yeah like, there's so <laughs> much unspoken <laughs> communication like i really like being on a set with you too because you'll both have your cameras or eric's directing or whatever the case is and so you're thinking about something and then you'll ask each other questions and you won't talk neither of you will talk and you'll be like like looking at each other and then you just agree <laughs> like somehow y'all have agreed on something and you walk away you go do it it comes out however you want and Matthew and I are looking at each other like okay I guess they got it and so I guess I just wonder about that dynamic of a partnership and like um just when you find out that a partnership works like how, how do you continue to create together how do you continue to pursue things together that fulfill both of you yeah it, that's funny that I'm glad you all enjoy our our time working together <laughs> sometimes I'm we like we could make a movie just like, on YouTube oh yeah. for sure you could <laughs> you know sometimes I'm like oh, I'm not gonna help you on this film but um <laughs> no I mean I think well I mean we've been together for a long time and um, you know, we did make a short documentary called See the Dirt. Um, mm-hmm. one yeah. Austin one, Film Festival. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. That was that, that was, was awesome. hilarious. What um, year was that? That was 2014. 
I hey, that's a good too. example yeah. of a great movie that what didn't have an impact plan. Uh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and you it impacted had, Scott. Didn't yeah, you? I mean, well, it, it definitely impacted people. Like, if you watch it, it, it impacts you, but you didn't go into it like, how are we going to yeah, change? Yeah, no, that was this a very so it's subtle, an interesting guy. Because if you look closer at it, there's a little bit of bullying. Yeah, for sure. Know, mm-hmm. That it brings up. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. people catch that, but it's not like in yeah. your it's face. a subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and yeah, the good-hearted people are like. Wow, he's such a cool kid. Why, yeah. why would mm-hmm. anybody do that? Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, it. I mean, Eric and I know each other now working on stuff and we know, I know what he, you know, he sets everything up. I let him do all that and I just let him tell me what he's thinking, you know, and making sure to ask the right questions. And what's cool now is like he knows that I'm a good shooter, so... <laughs> he, he trusts, trusts you now. <laughs> under like, his oh, yeah, tutelage, you got it? and I'll be like, "Yeah, I got it." Okay, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that's nice to to have that, you know. And and I think we've found our rhythm, and and then I can also like reach, like I know how he shoots, I know how he likes to work. So you can kind I, of instinctively match it. <laughs> yeah, or like if I know I have a shoot coming up, um, and he would be good for it. It's like, oh, let me get him to. Come, right, come in as right. a yeah, like uh-huh. come and shoot this for me or something, you know. Um, and then there are other times where I'm like, mm, I'm gonna do this myself, <laughs> or which I'm is important. Call on someone mm-hmm. else that I kind of want to like um, get to know or mm-hmm. like work with, you know, and learn from. Man, so, that's an important yeah. part of the tandem is it being is. able to actually say, you know what, I don't know that we would work that great on this one. Let's do, let's, <laughs> let's not do before. this one together. Yeah. We can do the next one together. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. totally. I mean, I mean, it also is like availability too. And, yeah. um, but well, that's just part, that's also a relationship too of just like, this one is me. That yeah. one is us. Yeah. Like, exactly. I know this you one and is I know you. Myself. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this one is us. Yeah. And like knowing yeah. the balance between those. Yeah. Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it's, um, I mean, we've been in it for a while and I'm sure y'all, I mean, y'all also have like, a tandem now too, like with mm-hmm. the podcast. It's getting, and- it's getting better. It's getting, I definitely uh, took a long time, I feel like, to, well, to get to the point of just being honest with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems yeah. like that's a huge. And not to offend. Like, right. To be we're honest, honest and not Where being honest doesn't equal yeah. I'm mad now. Yeah. Right. I right. should have thought of an yeah. impact plan. <laughs> yeah. I should have thought of my impact plan whenever I embarked on this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> creative journey yeah. <laughs> i didn't yeah. think about the impact that, that it was, was a gonna funny have. laugh that's that's yeah. the hardest part is is being honest and not offending you know like feedback is it's hard for anyone Ooh, to take tough. you know especially from the person that you're the closest with yeah exactly because you're also you're also not even like when you start getting that feedback from someone that you're not comfortable just showing your true colors to, you'll be like, I'll reserve how pissed I am about what they're saying right now. But when that when that other person's there, you're like, I don't care how, if they see if I'm pissed yeah. off about this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like what you're saying. I feel like now, I mean, I don't, like he will always ask me like, 
show me, show me what you're working on. You know, I'm be like, no, no, not yet. Not, not yet, yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. Like, cause I know. That's good. That is I know that's good. Yeah. Cause I know what he's going to say. I know he's going to say, and I know it needs to be fixed. So I got to learn like, that mm, one. Cause right I know now. what she's going to say. Can too. you record your voice and send it to Matthew so that I can play it for him? Because yeah. that's just cause you want to sit yet, in and watch yet. TV. Yeah, you know? really. Okay. I got one more question for you. And then I think I've got top three. And Matthew, I don't want to sneak in if you have one more. No, but um, no, no, you got okay. Good. So we've kind of gone through all of these different areas, and now where you are in your career is, I would say, like you're you're well established as a very successful, award winning filmmaker, right? And so um, I think as a woman, and where we are, it's really important to get to a place where you're comfortable embracing that you have expertise, like mm -hmm. own it and know you have expertise. Um, be confident in that and who you are. Take, that's just a journey in itself as getting older as a woman, right? In your 20s, you're always searching for it. And then you get to a point where you're in your 30s, your 40s, and you're like, oh, okay, this is me. Yeah. But the part that I am curious most about is there's a line that can be crossed when it becomes arrogant or it halts your growth. Like you think, oh, wow. oh, I got this. I'm good. What else do I need to learn? So I don't think that's you at all. And I always see you evolving and growing. And so I guess I just wonder what is, is it a conscious thing that you do to make sure that you're always keeping yourself in check and thinking of ways that you can grow as a person, as a filmmaker? And if so, what are those? Yeah, I I love that question because I feel like more, more filmmakers should ask them themselves <laughs> that, you know, like, because I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, you know me, I'm not like, um, I don't think I'm an arrogant person. Not at all. But no. there are times uh, that I'm like, oh, like I, I have found my confidence, especially after this film. And like, um, you know, like I raised a lot of money and, and it was a team effort. It wasn't just me, but like I did raise a lot of money for my first feature all through grants, you know, like and I'm really proud of that. Um, and not to say it was like easy work. It was really hard work, but. Um, but it happened. You it made happened. It happen. yes. Yeah, I made, I made it happen. And to that, I have to like. Um, pat myself on the back, you know, because it was a lot of work and I need to appreciate that and um, and be happy about that success and and then hopefully share that story to help others, you mm -hmm. know, that it can be done. Um, but um, yeah, it's like I, you know, I'm working on this new documentary project and I got onto the project in the middle of the pandemic and um everything's been i've been making this film in my room you know at home and <laughs> and it's with a That's group so of awesome. people that like i haven't even met my producer like in person and i've been working with her for now going on a year just across like zoom or something yeah, yeah. just on zoom you know you're like i don't even know every, how tall you are yeah i don't I <laughs> you could be yeah. like six feet i tell people all the time i'm six exactly. feet tall they yeah. don't know yeah of course you tell they me. They don't know here either. <laughs> On the microphone, they don't know. Um, I'm six feet tall. But yeah, like it's, it, you know, and then with the pandemic and um, everything, like, you know, you get, I, I was definitely in my head about 
all the struggles I was going through and like um, them being big deals. And and then I went out in the field like uh, last week to shoot um, and, and traveled to follow one of our protagonists. And it was... I was like, I miss this. I miss, I mean, that's, I think what I love about documentaries, you're like, you're entering new worlds, you know, and you're meeting new people and it's a constant learning. Like I learned about the biggest diaper bank in the country (laughs) and like what people go through when they don't have money for diapers and like the, you know, it's, you just like learn. Yeah. You just like it. And it brought me back to like, oh, like this is why I'm doing this. And like, I'm just one person, you know, in on this planet of what six billion? How what's our population? Seven, six, seven, it, something like that. Oh, it's seven seven, seven. I think we might have. Oh I don't God. know. Something crazy. Yeah, you know, like there's many others, and like, um, so I think I think that's what makes why I'm probably in documentary is it that always brings me back to be like, oh, like this is this is just life, you know, and it's it's not about what I know, you know, I'm just another piece of the puzzle, but there's all these other puzzle pieces, you know. So I feel like that always brings me back and yeah. gets me off like my high horse, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. that's almost the uh that's almost what do they call it when the the astronaut uh syndrome when they like get out there and they look at the earth and they're like Oh geez, it's just this little. Yeah, it's like a rock, you know, a marble sitting yeah. there. It's how small am I? Yeah. <laughs> In yeah. my opinions, yeah. Eh. yeah. Did William you know. Shatner get that? <laughs> He's Does going he, to space. Right? I thought he, he went. Did he go? Or oh, or not? Did he already go? I don't know they if he postponed already, it. I think. Yeah. Oh, they did. Yeah. I think. Well, so all right. So on that same topic, dang it, you did spawn one <laughs> more, one more thing, Shatner, and, it, and it's like <laughs> that, Shatner called so, it. <laughs> Shatner syndrome. <laughs> Such a hilarious name. Uh, the, the, you know, that that's a tough balance. Wait, I have a question. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, like, Ooh, how do you, uh, wait, wait. tables turn. Shoot. Yeah, no, like, uh, I mean, like, how how are you feeling? I mean, you've, you've, you've been in the industry for a long time, too, and making films. Like, how do you, like, you know, come back and, and keep yourself, like, humble and stuff. Well, and, and I guess this kind of ties in with what I was thinking about is that there's a fine line of, like, you know, we always say be, like, a, a person who wants to endlessly learn, mm-hmm. which I agree with that. I would never refute that. But I do feel like sometimes once I've – and this is just me personally, maybe. I don't know if it happens to other people. I think I suspect it could. But – if I feel like I have a clear understanding of something, then everything I learn after that runs the risk of just becoming a reinforcement to that thing, as opposed to possibly putting it in question, possibly changing my point of view. Mm-hmm. And I think real learning is the thing that always runs the risk of changing your point of view. But you know, when you're really, you know, we're Leos. You get confident about something, you better watch out. It's like, <laughs> I could be a problem now, you know? Yeah. And I think that's, it doesn't mean you're necessarily out of, going out of your way to like be an arrogant person or that, that, that you are arrogant. It just means that you got to be careful when you start getting a little too um, uh, educated, I guess. It's like you, you, you might start to know it all. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's weird too, because like you kind of have to be a little firm with yourself too Mm -hmm. like you kind of i don't want to call it arrogance it's just like yeah you have to be confident too in your voice (laughs) yeah right because then if you also like listen to too many voices of them telling you what to do you won't 
be yeah. true to yourself yeah. and what you really And now want. you stop moving forward you know? too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah you That's can't made... take all the feedback. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it, it is a hard balance and I definitely have found, I don't know, I guess probably in working with Eric, you know, he's, he has a vision and like he, he goes for it. And sometimes I'll come and be like, well, I wouldn't do it that way. Like, I think you should do it this way and be like, no. Like he just will not. <laughs> and there's not listen. even, it's just a no. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then like there are some, and I, at first I was really offended by that. And I was like, you're never listening to me. And I know it's my, uh, my suggestions better, you know, make it better. And, yeah. Um, that's, that's a rough. Patch, yeah. Right? And now I'm, I, and he does listen to me, but he takes certain things, you yeah. know, like maybe something I've also realized too, I need to like, explain it's not about just saying like do this it's like why do i think you should do that right like oh if you move this to here then i could better understand the personality of this character or like what the reasoning behind this or you know or or it didn't show me reason it out a little more yeah yeah it's not it's not about disliking their his angle or his like idea it's more about the purpose yeah yeah. yeah. And well, like how to how to make the story like strong coherent too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and that's but. that's always tough too cuz I feel like when especially with with her or with you her um, meaning me Denise, yeah. So yeah, I like I'll it's almost now like I'm not here inevitable. All of a <laughs> yeah, it's almost like inevitable that if she says something that could be taken negative, I'll probably catch it that way and it's going to take me maybe a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Maybe it might even take me until tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, before I start actually hearing what she said, mm-hmm. which is so weird. It's like she said yeah. it like 12 hours ago. Yeah. And now I just now heard it, <laughs> you know. There's a pro you yeah. have your I yeah. think your mind really does have to like process that. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and I'm I'm not, I got the slow uh whatever. But because <laughs> you've been you've been brainstorming this idea, you've had this vision yeah. for a long time. And now something comes in and like wrecks it and you're like, oh wait, yeah. like what I don't do like I it when do you throw that, that off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it's like yeah, that's the part where you have to be a little humble to be like, oh, mm-hmm. it's not like my my vision is not 100%. Like, mm-hmm. there are other perspectives out there that might actually help me make it a little bit stronger. Yeah. But it is that fine balance of like, yeah. what I, I'll i take that, but not that. I'll take that, but not that, you know. I love that. I, yeah. I, I'll take that, but not that. Yeah, it's just Ooh, like if you, you have to be. That might be a new statement. Yeah, Man, like, well, but you have to be able to decipher that. Yeah, you know? like. Feed, You're better when you can do that better. Feedback is de- like, there should be a whole class on that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. in college because it is very hard it i i still meet people i i was on a session today and we were getting feedback mm. from some scenes and like i love the feedback we got because i for me now i'm also like you're affirmed. tell me it's bad oh. tell me like i yeah. need to hear it i gotta hear the truth because i know it's not perfect so i'm all for it but then there were other people from my team who were like, oh, my God, that was so rough. And I was like, oh, I thought it was great. Like, we needed to hear this. You know, like I was excited. Well, about and even it, if but- it is rough, sometimes it seems like it does just because it's hard to hear doesn't mean you have to take every word of advice you yeah. just heard. You know, yeah. it just means that that's how just being just going to this knowing there are going to be some people who think exactly like that person. Yeah. And that's- well, and I think we've had we've had a full episode on feedback. Right. But I think a big thing on feedback is be clear with the purpose of the feedback. So if I go to you and I say, Chelsea, I want you to review my cup of, my swell cup of iced tea. And the reason why I want you to review this is because I want you to tell me if this is pleasing to you. I don't know, I'm making this up, right? Yeah. But like, I'm giving you a clear purpose of why I want you to taste this. 
I don't just sit it in like in front of you and be like, okay, well, tell me what you think. And then yeah. you're like, I hate this cup. This cup sucks. And I'm like, that had nothing to do with what I wanted to know about, you know? So I think. I don't know. The 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 uh, the modern art abstract artist might just put it in front of you. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, that was, <laughs> just maybe, watch that was a poor yeah. example, but it was yeah. what is was in front of me. But and no, it was no, just you're one, right though. Like if you're at, like especially with something like a, a movie, in, intentional. Like, like what do you want out of it? Why? why are you showing this to me? You yeah. Know? Do you yeah. want me to say something like along some certain lines, or you just want me to tell you just open season on what I think? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So. So. And with artist. I think it's got to be purposeful because otherwise it's it's hard to receive feedback yeah. when it just feels like it's yeah. for Sen nothing. Sensitive yeah. digits. Sensitive. You can't just cut those yeah. things off. Yeah. All right. I think yeah. I got right. my top okay, three, y'all. Let's see it. Are you, you guys good with it? Okay. Yep. I okay. actually had like five, but I'm going to scale it back. So <laughs> I think first and foremost, what I heard early on in the conversation was that when you approach a creative endeavor, you should approach it with honesty and when you're working with people, be real clear with your purpose and your intent, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, that requires what I heard, constant reflection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, these are yeah. from y'all. This is what I heard, okay? I like okay. It. I think you're gonna write a book now. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with an impact plan <laughs> with an and impact. everything. Okay, so then the second thing that I heard was about mentorship, mm -hmm. like it, you were explicit about it at certain points, but I heard it kind of as a through line. And I think what's important is as you're trying to learn a new space or like, you know, navigate through a new space, it's really important to meet people that nurture you like yourself, yeah. but also nurture your passion. Mm -hmm. And so I think you said lots of little nuggets of people saying like, you know, listen to the story of what the people are telling you and then go from there, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. go from it, you mm -hmm. know, from that angle. Mm -hmm. So that was on mentorship. That was two. That was third? my second one. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And then my third was just um, the, t the end of the conversation was thinking about um, self and embracing your expertise. Right. And I think at any point when you're a creative, you know, your ego is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. And your ego as a creative, what I know from being married to one for 20, almost 20 years is that um, you have to embrace and be confident in the things that you have accomplished. Um, be proud of it. Be proud of your work and your effort. Um, own it and use it to propel you forward. Mm -hmm. Right. But also surround yourself with people that kind of help you stay in check. Yeah. And say like, you know, dude, you're you're getting Chill a little out. too big for your britches, <laughs> yeah. man. Like that's a good settle one. Settle down. So yeah. those are my top three. I don't know if y'all have anything uh, to add. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, one thing that I and I, I'm not going to do a whole three things, but one thing it seemed like it seemed like if you, you know, to simplify, at least in your journey anyway, if you want to get involved in being a filmmaker, get your ass out there and start doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you're going to meet other people that are doing it. You're going to decide, maybe you're going to run across the next idea that you're going to turn into a movie, you know, mm -hmm. but you wouldn't know that if you were sitting at home, just like mm -hmm. reading a book, mm -hmm. you know, and that that's that, I mean, it's not like an original idea, but it seems like this is a case in point, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. 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 All right. 
Let's take our. Episode we gotta 30. refill our wine glasses, y'all. Oh yeah, we have y'all. to fill our wine. Okay. Salud. salud. We started with a salud. We're ending with a salud. Yeah. Thank you, Chelsea. We love you. Yep. Thank oh, you thank for you. this was so much fun joining us. And uh, that's a wrap on episode thirty nine. Episode thirty nine. So I shouldn't call you Miha. <laughs> <laughs> no name. <laughs>